Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Neil Thompson. He's the teacher of geeks, a children's book author, as well as patent agent. So Neil, welcome to our show. Thanks for having me, Christopher. So you have this website called, was it Teacher of Geeks or Teach the Geeks or Teach the Geeks? Yeah, what is that about? So the Teach the Geek website is a platform for science and engineering professionals. And eventually it'll be a suite of courses. But I started off with a course on public speaking because as an engineer in the medical device industry, I struggled with public speaking. And I saw that other engineers struggled with it too. So I got a lot better at it over time. And so I, I created a course to help essentially help people like myself, people are engineers and scientists who have to give presentations in front of people. No, it's one of the most necessary skills, frankly. I remember I was sharing a story about Warren Buffett where when Warren was 20 years old, he took a public speaking class that has literally changed his life for the last 70 years. And he always says that that's one of the most important skills that you need, which is public speaking. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, in engineering school, it's not really something that is talked about much. But it's definitely something that us engineers and scientists need to get better at because we have a whole lot of technical expertise, but if we're not good at putting it in a way that you know, non-technical people can understand, then a lot of that information that we have kind of goes to nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you mentioned that because when I spoke at Google headquarters in Mountain View, they specifically wanted me to speak there because half of the people there are engineers. And I literally, it was kind of funny, I literally felt like I was on an MIT campus because it was like a lot of... Asians, a lot of minorities, and a lot of them couldn't speak English well. It wasn't their first language, but they were very, very, very interested in having me teach them, again, how to not just, it wasn't more of a public speaking, it was more about how do you advance your career by connecting and communicate better, but literally, they specifically wanted me to, to share that with them, because as you said, like a lot of engineers are not, you know, you're not taught that, right? So, so why did you choose to take that thing that you felt you, you had a struggle with and help other people because that's a, that's a big thing. Like already you just doing it yourself is a big thing. Why did you choose to help other people? Well, I guess it's just my, my personality and I saw the benefits in what it was able to afford me becoming better just in, in, in public speaking and, and presenting. And so I thought, you know, if I, if I could share it with others that everyone could benefit it. It, it. it really didn't make sense to me just to keep it for myself. I, I really wanted to share it with others so we all could, we all could, can, yeah, have a said benefit. That's great. How many people have you helped so far on your program? Oh, let's see. Probably, you know, hundreds Not at, at this point. I mean, the, wow, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I tried to make the course short enough that people would actually complete it because if it was too long, I, I feared that they would stop it, you know, midway through. And so I, I basically the course is a six step process to practice and deliver any speech you have to give. And I, I put it online because I, I, I got the impression that if it was online, people could have this resource you know, at the ready and whenever they needed it, as opposed to, you know, going into places and, and talking about it and, you know, kind of going in and out, in and out of one ear and, you know, just kind of being done with it. If you have something that you can refer to, you know, you always have it and you can, and I thought that was a little bit more beneficial. That's awesome. So it's more of a self-guided course where they can go to your website, teach the geek, and then they can take this class. Is, is there, do they, do you offer them any like, you know, online coaching or is just really a self-contained self-guided class for them? Well, it is a self-contained course. There's, there's a coaching part uh, available if, if, if asked for, but essentially, yeah, it's a, it's a self-contained course that people can do. And then at the end of it, I offer exercises that they can actually then 
implement what I talk about in the course. That's great. So talk to us about the children's book you've written. Sure. The, the book is called Ask Uncle Neil, Why Is My Hair Curly? And it's about <laughs> my nephew asking me why his hair is the way it is. And I use science to answer the question. The motivation for the book was essentially addressing the, the fact that Blacks are underrepresented in the STEM fields. And, you know, being a Black person myself, I see this on a, on a daily basis. And uh, I, I, the sense I get is that the reason for that is we, a lot of times we're not, we're not, we don't really understand or, or know about all the various options that are out there and believe that we can do them. So the fact that I made this book about myself, my nephew and my sister, his mother, they see people that look like them and they hopefully get the sense that there aren't any, there aren't any careers that are off limits to them. So that's basically the motivation for the book. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm actually redoing a, a networking program I have online for some clients and I talk about how you're one connection away from your new life. And really like anyone that reads your book, they're one connection away from understanding and having that dream or anyone that takes your course, they're one connection away from really learning how to be a public speaker. Because I remember there's a famous picture of President Obama when he's in office. He's actually leaning forward and there's a little uh, black kid that's literally touching his hair. And I don't know if you've seen that photo, but again, like what you said, like we all need role models. It doesn't matter whether you're black, Asian, Latino, white, or or a foreigner, not foreigner, but it's like, it's so important to have those role models. So did you have role models growing up so that you had examples to look up to it or it's just all about you and you kind of like found that in your, in your own world? Well, I studied engineering when I, in, in college and the reason for that really wasn't because of a role model, it was because my father said that I should. <laughs> I, you know, I was pretty good at math and science in high school and I guess he figured that engineering was a pretty stable career and he, he suggested it and I did it and luckily it worked out, but there wasn't really anybody that I looked up to as an engineer and thought really? oh, what, what they're doing. No, not at all. Wow. Well, it's great that you have an inspiring story because like I said, like so many people don't believe they can do things until they actually see someone else that might look like them do things, you know, and it's really that visceral sometimes, you know, everyone can say, oh yeah, everything's possible. But frankly, many things are possible, but unless you see someone doing it, then it becomes more challenging, you know? So, what do you think are some of the hangups that people have with public speaking? Because, you know, they do surveys and they say public speaking, people are more afraid of public speaking than death. So for you, it's like, if that's already the norm, and then as a science guy, it's like maybe even more challenging. What, as a science person, a person that's engineering, let's say, you know, most of our listeners are entrepreneurs, but let's say there's a science person listening. What's some encouraging words you might say to that person? Well, Engineers and, and scientists in general, as I mentioned, we have a whole lot of, of technical expertise and we want to impart it to people, but a lot of times we don't take the, the, the time to, to put it in a way that other people can understand and we're not empathetic in that way. We, we forget that at one point we weren't engineers and scientists, we were lay people too and we went to school <laughs> to develop all of these, all this expertise. And that, but then when we then give presentations in front of people, we, you know, as I said, we forget all that and then just spit out all this technical jargon that no one understands. And then people stop listening to what we're saying and essentially we wasted our time, we wasted the audience's time, we just wasted time in general. So if, any, if I were to say anything that, uh, you know, insp uh, that, could, that could help somebody, a scientist or engineer, it would be to take the, the needs and the wants of the audience into account when putting presentations together. Don't spit out a whole bunch of technical jargon that they don't understand. Try to use analogies and, and, and pictures and just things that people can relate to, to, to impart the information that you're trying to, to give people. 
Yeah, and that's a great point. I mean, they've done studies on this and it's based in science. Uh, Aristotle actually talked about the ethos, logos, and pathos, where ethos in terms of communicating is the 10% of the credibility, what, what you've done. And then the, the logos is the facts and figures of some of the stats involved. But then 65% was the, the pathos, which is more the emotional appeal. So what you're saying about how making things more relatable, having pictures to have more of an emotional appeal, because again, you can look at it from an analytical standpoint, but if you want to connect, it becomes from an emotional standpoint. And no matter who we are, like what you're saying, whether they're lay people or not, or, or tech or not, I found, frankly, so many people in the world that don't really re recognize that. Because again, we were, not, we were not taught that. So I appreciate you really sharing your perspective, especially since you are a tech guy and you're also an author. So what are some first steps people can do? Let's say, maybe they don't want to public speak, but maybe they just want to be a more confident communicator. Is there something they can do every single day to help them build their sense of confidence in, in their communication skills? Well, there's really no substitute for practice. And, that, and that's something I, I definitely tell people. You know, and I mentioned in the course, I, I, about the course, I, I talk about, you know, exercises at the end of it, because you could read all the books, take all the courses and watch all the YouTube videos you want. If you don't go out there and actually practice getting better at, at public speaking, you won't. So look for opportunities to do so. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll get with it. That's great advice. How can our guests stay in touch with you, Neil? Well, you can go to teachthegeek.com or you can email me at hello at teachthegeek.com. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram under Teach the Geek. That's great branding, by the way, Neil. <laughs> Thanks. Have a great day. Yeah, you too.